I'd like to thank KTMS 990 and Montecito Bank and Trust for making Scam Squad possible. I'm Patty Teal. And I'm Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Scam Squad is up next. Sound off. One, two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Scam Squad. Welcome to Scam Squad. I'm Patty Teal here with Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson, and we have a very special guest and expert here with us today. Vicki, would you do the honors? Absolutely. We have Sean Dyer, who is a senior fraud specialist with Montecito Bank and Trust. She gave me a little preview of what she's going to talk about today. And I have to tell you, this is a brand new scam on me. I have never heard about this before. So, Sean, we're really happy to have you with us today and tell us what you've got. Hi, Patty and Vicki. Thank you for having me on the show again. Yes. So this is a new one for me as well. And we're calling it the QR code scam. And for those of you who don't know what a QR code is, it's that blotch that shows up on advertisement. Most restaurants now have that for you to put your phone over it to get their menu. So the scam apparently became popular was during the Super Bowl. During a commercial, I don't know which commercial, I did not see it. But there is risk when you take your mobile device and place it over to scan a QR code. The idea is that that code is taking you to a link, to a website, to a link somewhere. And you're hoping it's for the place that you're getting for. And what's happening is it's not fraudsters are redirecting you to a malicious website. And so what I have are, I'm going to read a little bit that came out from the FBI and it was, they were issuing announcement to raise awareness of malicious quick response. That's what QR stands for is quick response codes. Cyber criminals are tampering with QR codes to redirect victims to malicious sites that steal, log on, and financial information. So the tips for you to protect yourself are, of course, once you scan the QR code, check the URL or the web address. Make sure it is intended site and it looks authentic. A malicious domain name may be similar to what you're looking for. So be careful of you know, that it makes sense. Oh, yes, I'm looking for a menu and now a menu is popping up for the restaurant that I am sitting at. You know, that makes sense. Next is if scanning a physical QR code, ensure the code has not been tampered with, such as with a sticker placed on top of the original code. So there again, now a lot of restaurants, either they'll have a plaque on their table or they have it actually taped to the table where you can scan. So make sure you're scanning a valid QR code. Do not download an app from a QR code. Use your phone's app store very safe for download. Yeah, so you don't ever want to just download. If they if it directs you to somewhere and it says download my app, don't do it from there. Always go out to Apple Store or Google Store to download apps. And then it's got one more thing. If you receive a QR code that you believe to be from someone you know, reach out to them through a known phone number address and check with them. Just like if you get an email and you're thinking, mm, I'm not so sure that's really from who I think it is reach out to the person and make sure that they sent that to you before you click on a link. You know, it's the same idea. Okay. I've only used a QR code a couple of times when I traveled. I had to have one to go to Hawaii, for example, and I had to... Right. They, they traveled. Yeah. Yes, exactly that. Something into it, and then they gave me a QR code. So when I went to the airport, all I did was show the QR code. 
but I never did anything past that. So if you go to the restaurant, walk me through how that works. Okay, I go to the restaurant and now many during COVID have done away with their paper menus or whatever. So they will have the blotch sitting on the table and they'll say, scan your phone. So you actually what you're doing on your phone is you go to your camera and you'll push on your camera button to like you're going to take a picture. That's how you activate the QR code. You have to turn your camera on and then you don't take a picture, but while the camera is on the QR code, then it will open up a web link that you say, yep, that's where I want to go. Okay. So it directs you, it's directing you to a website or link. It's like having the menu online. Like you could have gone out to mesacafe.com and looked at, you know, whatever. Most people probably know what they look like. And Mm -hmm. I know you have to be careful because people who are tech savvy, not myself, but other people, they can put them on flyers and they can be bogus and they can be very easy to get fooled by. Yes. I mean, I would not have known at all about this. I didn't realize that the code itself, because I just used it at the airport as I was boarding the plane, I didn't see what it opened up for the person on the other side. So I didn't realize that if you go to use it to open up a menu, it'll actually open up the menu and then you've got it right there. And that's where you can check to see if it matches your expectation of what you thought you were getting into. But if it directs you to a link that takes you somewhere else, that's when you have to be suspicious as to what's going on your phone. But then what do you do if you do get directed to a malicious link? I mean, who do you call? What do you do? If you believe you've been a victim of stolen funds from a tampered QR code, report it to your local FBI field office. Or you could file the complaint online at ic3.gov. Yeah. We know it can be overwhelming. <laughs> yes. Yes, it can. So I'm assuming that what they're trying to do is get your personal information so they can get into your bank account. Yes. It's just an avenue like email compromise, where if you click on a link in an email, the fraudsters are downloading stuff on your computer. Well, if you click on that link in your email when you're on your phone or a QR code, they're putting the malicious stuff on your phone. And then if you have your banking apps on there, that's the goal anyway, to access any personal identifiable information you have or financial information. So if somebody feels that they've been compromised in this way, should they contact their bank and say, I think a hacker got into my computer and I have my banking information on my computer What should I do? Yeah, we would recommend that. And then we have steps for, say, a tech support scam for identity theft that we follow. And that's what we would recommend. We would always err on the side of caution and assume that if you've had your phone hacked or your computer, that you do have personal information on there. So we would always recommend following the identity theft protocol, as well as the tech support. Change your online banking credentials, restrict your account change any passwords, any security questions, all those sorts of things, depending on what the person may have on their computer or they may have on their phone. You can help walk a customer through the various steps that they need to take in order to secure their bank account or whatever else they have with the bank. 
Yeah, whatever they have with the bank, but a lot of work goes on the victim. We can guide them, but there are steps going through the idtheft.gov website. That's a long and tedious process that the victim would have to do. But yes, we would be able to guide them in the right direction. So the bank is a good place to start as it often is when you get scammed. Because <laughs> that's the asset most scammers are trying to get. They're trying to get your bank that's account right. information or your credit card information. And it all kind of points back to the bank. So you want to get to the bank before the scammers do. Right. <laughs> so anything else going on that we should know about? That's the big one. We haven't had anyone affected by it, but we have heard of it and making it aware to all of our associates so that they are aware as well. Well, Sean, I want to thank you so much for bringing us that very interesting and valuable information. I certainly learned something today and I'll be wary now when I do use a QR code and make sure it's taking me to a site that's legitimate. So thank you very much for being with us today and warning us of this brand new scam. Yeah, thank you so much, Sean. That was great. Patty, I do have something that I wanted to share with our listeners. I got a press release from the Office of the Inspector General. This is a federal agency associated with Social Security Administration, and they are having a national Slam the Scam Day on March the 10th. And so here's what it is. Slam the Scam Day is an initiative to raise public awareness about the various scams that continue to plague our country. And it's part of the Federal Trade Commission's National Consumer Protection Week, which is happening March the 6th through March the 12th. But the 10th is the Slam the Scam Day. And what they're focusing on this year are all the government scams where people are impersonating government agencies. That is going to be the thrust for this year's campaign, tips for spotting these kinds of scams. And they make the point in this press release that from January through September in 2021, consumers lost more than $331 million to government inspector scams. And the press release urges us, if you get one of these phone calls, just simply hang up the phone, delete suspicious texts or emails, and don't respond at all to the scammers. That's the most effective way of handling this. And they also give us these warnings, which we have definitely heard before. Real government officials will never, capital letters, uh, (laughs) bold print, threaten arrest or legal action against you unless you immediately send money. So these are things that legitimate government officials will never do. They'll never promise to increase your benefits or resolve a problem if you pay a fee or move your money into a so-called protected account. They will never, never, and we know this, require you to pay with gift cards, prepaid debit cards, wire transfer, internet currency, or by mailing cash, or, and this is a big one, they will never try to gain your trust by providing fake documentation or false evidence such as the name of a real government official. And we've seen this recently where somebody will pose as somebody from the sheriff's department and they will have that real person's name. Well, a government official is not going to do that. So I am thinking that during the period of time with the Slam the Scam Week, which culminates March 10th, we're going to be seeing a lot of public service announcements about various scams. And they also tell us we can join Facebook and Twitter to follow along on National Slam the Scam Day using hashtag Slam the Scam. I love the slogan. 
We'll see what they are going to tell us. I love the name too, Slam the Scam. I'm so glad that we're participating in that. Slam the Scam. Will this be an annual day that they do every year? Apparently, yes. Apparently, it started a few years ago. And so it's a continuing theme. And I guess each year they highlight something different. Ah, that's great. Well, thank you, Vicki, for telling us about it. I hope all our listeners try to slam the scam. <laughs> Thanks, Patty. <laughs> thank you. Until next week. Oh, before we go, would you give us your fraud hotline? Absolutely. It's area code 805-568-2442. So again, 805-568-2442. Thank you so much. Until next week. Bye-bye. Thanks, Patty. Bye-bye.